This podcast is sponsored by Tenofos.com. Tenofos.com handpicked the best Christian books that point to Jesus and sell them at discounted prices. I've been really enjoying a book called Bread of Life by Abigail Dodds. It's an unusual book in that it's got devotions and recipes next to each other, and it nourishes heart and body as Abigail helps us to dig into the word, considering the bread of life, Jesus himself. It's deep, it's heart probing, and the recipes produce delicious bread. Grab a copy at tenofos.com. Welcome to Two Sisters and a Cup of Tea. My name is Sarah and I live in the UK and this is my sister Felicity and she lives in the US. Hi Felicity. Hi Sarah. Good to see you. You too. Got any fancy tea for us today? <laughs> That's exactly what I do have actually, oh, is fancy of tea. Do. Yeah. Loose leaf, which as soon as you say that, fancy. Fancy. It's called Assam Harmony. Oh, smelly one. No, just a kind of like actually quite a straightforward black tea. You know, a little more fragrant than Yorkshire tea. But uh, you see that? I'm using like a what? tea word there, fragrance. Fragrant. fragrant. <laughs> um, compared to Earl Grey? I mean, more or less than Earl Grey. Oh, way less than Earl Grey. Yeah. Earl Grey, oh, I would right. call it okay. having a floral bouquet. <laughs> <laughs> this doesn't have that, but it's really good. It's my favourite, oh, right. actually. I feel like I mean, we need a bit of a chart coming on. I feel, <laughs> I feel I've got a, almost a spreadsheet in mind of uh, what's, you know. No, maybe not a spreadsheet. Like, That's yeah, a bit like, weird. You know, a tasting kind of <laughs> diagram. Yeah, we could, we'll take that. <laughs> what about you? Yeah. Any uh, well, biscuits? I've got... Yeah, I've got the biscuit that you had a few weeks ago, the um, t- sticky toffee hobnob thing. Oh, it's good, isn't it? It's good, yeah. I think, I I wonder whether it's kind of just, um, I, it's not the classic hobnob, is it? But it is It is pretty close, so I think it's good. <laughs> well, as in it's yeah. a hobnob with extras, is that that's what you mean? You know, I've just been going through these packets of biscuits that are slightly weird flavours, and I think I'm just maybe craving like a standard hobnob now. yeah. Go back to the straightforward, doing what it says on the tin. Yeah. Before we get into actually getting the Bible open and getting back into John's gospel, um, Sarah, we were talking earlier about what it is to hear and believe. And I know that when you came to trust Jesus for yourself, there was an element of hearing and believing in that. And would you just share a little bit of um, of how that came about? Yeah. Um, so... Yeah, I think for me, it was an interesting journey in terms of I, I studied theology at A-level and that was around the time that you became a Christian, wasn't it? At mm. um, uni, I I was studying theology and I kind of was taught by an atheist. So I had all the arguments that racked up against, against believing this word, even though I was kind of reading a lot of particularly John's gospel and Mark's gospel during that time. But I wasn't I wasn't listening to it. I wasn't kind of soaking it in. There was no heart work going on there. Um, but I was actually talking to a friend earlier today about this and I think um, in a similar line to um, the the Samaritan woman, and we kind of talked about kind of the deeper thirst being exposed for her before she could really hear what Jesus was saying. I think that's pretty much what happened for me in terms of that journey to actually um, coming to faith. That actually my deeper thirst for Him, or realizing that what I was clamouring after in this world wasn't satisfying. Um, those things were exposed along the way. Um, before I started really listening and started opening the Bible um, in my final year at uni and really starting to hear what it was saying. Um, so I think for me, yeah, I, I really resonate with, with the journey that we've taken through John's gospel and, and just the power of God's word when my heart was ready to receive it, if that mm. makes sense. Yeah, really interesting because in many ways you knew a lot 
before you actually I knew a received... lot and I think I probably was kind of yeah batting away your kind of um encouragements to get the bible open with well I do that already in theology and you know yeah um yeah but actually I wasn't listening to it in the way that you were at that point having you'd recently come to faith so yeah it's been it's been an interesting journey of that mm. well really helpful to yeah hear the outworking of what we're what we're digging into let's dig into it a bit more we're in um chapter five of john's gospel sarah do you want to read that for us we're going yes let's go chapter five um verses one to thirty sometime later jesus went up to jerusalem for one of the jewish festivals now there is in jerusalem near the sheep gate a pool which in aramaic is called bethesda and which is surrounded by five covered colonnades here a great number of disabled people used to lie the blind the lame the paralyzed One who was there had been an invalid for 38 years. When Jesus saw him lie there and learned that he'd been in this condition for a long time, he asked him, do you want to get well? Sir, the invalid replied, I have no one to help me into the pool when the water is stirred. While I'm trying to get in, someone else goes down ahead of me. Then Jesus said to him, get up, pick up your mat and walk. At once the man was cured. He picked up his mat and walked. The day on which this took place was a Sabbath. And so the Jewish leaders said to the man who had been healed, it is the Sabbath. The law forbids you to carry your mat. But he replied, the man who made me well said to me, pick up your mat and walk. And so they asked him, who is this fellow who told you to pick it up and walk? The man who was healed had no idea who it was for Jesus had slipped away into the crowd that was there. Later, Jesus found him at the temple and said to him, See, you are well again. Stop sinning or something worse may happen to you. The man went away and told the Jewish leaders that it was Jesus who had made him well. So because Jesus was doing these things on the Sabbath, the Jewish leaders began to persecute him. In his defence, Jesus said to them, My father is always at work to this very day, and I too am working. For this reason, they tried all the more to kill him. Not only was he breaking the Sabbath, but he was even calling God his own father, making himself equal with God. Jesus gave them this answer. Very truly, I tell you, the son can do nothing by himself. He can do only what he sees his father doing, because whatever the father does, the son also does. For the father loves the son and shows him all he does. Yes, and he will show him even greater works than these so that you will be amazed. For just as the father raises the dead and gives them life, even so the son gives life to whom he is pleased to give it. Moreover, the father judges no one, but has entrusted all judgment to the son, that all may honour the son just as they honour the father. Whoever does not honour the son does not honour the father who sent him. Very truly, I tell you, whoever hears my word and believes him who sent me has eternal life and will not be judged, but has crossed over from death to life. Very truly, I tell you, a time is coming and has now come when the dead will hear the voice of the son of God and those who hear will live. For as the Father has life in himself, so he has granted the Son also to have life in himself. And he has given him authority to judge because he is the Son of Man. Do not be amazed at this, for a time is coming when all who are in their graves will hear his voice and come out. Those who have done what is good will rise to live, and those who have done what is evil will rise to be condemned. By myself I can do nothing. I judge only as I hear, and my judgment is just, for I seek not to please myself, but him who sent me. Well, it's a long passage, isn't it? And uh, our last mm-hmm. passage was short and we had a lot to say. And so the likelihood is, listeners beware, this is not yeah. going to be a full 
kind of digging into all of this, is it? We're gonna we're gonna be starting right. conversations here, and let's let's start by by thinking about the actual, just mind blowing miracle that happens yeah. here. And so we have yeah. this paralyzed man. I, I feel like we're being convinced that this invalid is utterly helpless. Thirty eight years. Thirty eight years. Time. Can you imagine just what what's happening to your legs in that time in terms of, you know, there's there's no way there's there's no way um it's, it's complete powerlessness to do anything isn't there yes um, yep. but i love that verse six jesus saw him mm. jesus noticed him he picked him out and he saw his plight and i just it's such compassion isn't it it's such mercy to just just even that little phrase he saw him yeah and when the likelihood is that he's felt invisible for yeah most of his life yeah. and he sees him and again, we get this explanation. I can't do anything. Like the kind of like he's he cannot do anything independently. He cannot get to the pool, which is supposed to be offering some sort of healing. Everyone's getting there ahead of him. It's all just utterly hopeless. And I love verse eight, Jesus saying, just it's just two words, isn't it? As ever, just with a word, get Brief. up. Yeah, pick up your mat and walk. And, and for us walking people, that's not such a big deal, is it? But for this guy just life-changing well yeah and anyone knows that don't they anyone with any kind of disability knows that you know this is a lifelong disability that he's got and yet at once the man was cured it's not just after a while he rehabilitated mm. it's not just in a few months he gradually was able to walk again at once he picked up his mat and walked I mean mind-blowing isn't it yeah and um, yeah just quite extraordinary and yet the Jewish leaders who we've just been hearing in the last few passages are not listening, are not seeing what Jesus is doing, totally miss the point because he says, I've just been healed. And they're like, what are you doing carrying a mat? I know, I know. And that's that's the thing, isn't it? So then, and the rest of this passage just gets a little bit, um, w- w- there's a repeated word. We see that in the next paragraph. So verse um, nine and 10 there, the day on which this took place was a Sabbath and it is the Sabbath the law forbids you to carry your mat. And that is what these Jewish leaders are concerned about. They see, As you say, they seem to be blind to the life-giving miracle that's just been performed. And they're concerned about the law, which suggests that this cannot be happening. Well, it's, 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 too, it's too pronged though, isn't it? So they're concerned about the Sabbath that, that then they start to think about killing him because he's claiming to be God himself or equal with God. So there's a kind of, you're breaking the Sabbath law but not only that, as Jesus defends himself, they then see his extraordinary claims that he's claiming to be equal with the Father. Yeah. And, and that gives them their impetus, doesn't it? But it also yeah. then, Jesus then launches into this speech, doesn't he, about how he is equal with the Father, that he can't do anything without the Father and the Father can't do anything without him. And it's kind of, a, it ends in this extraordinary picture of honouring the Son. Anyone who honours the Father will honour the Son. And mm. we, you know, we touched on honour last week, didn't we, with um, the welcoming in his own, his own people, not showing him the welcome, the honour that he deserved. And we're just starting to see that come out here, aren't we? I know, I think that's right. And, and it's right, in a, in a way, you can see how that opposition comes about because the only reason that the Sabbath would not apply to Jesus is if he is God. So, Mm -hmm. and his defense is all about who he is and how he is, as you say, of God. He's got all authority over life and death. 
And and as that identity is made more and more clear, so this kind of picture of the Sabbath, it's kind of getting exploded, isn't it? As they have Mm -hmm. Jesus right there in front of them. And the question is, are they going to honor him? Are they going to welcome him? Are they going to listen to him? And it's sad, isn't it, really? Because they're definitely not. And we're going to see that all the more in the next passage. But here, I, I mean, what he says in verse 24 Very truly, I tell you, whoever hears my word and believes him who sent me has eternal life and will not be judged, but has crossed over from death to life. That that is just that is it. (laughs) It's an extraordinary verse, isn't it? That I mean, and again, he frames it the very truly, I tell you, like at both beginning and end of that, doesn't he? Like he's this is this is it. This is the big deal. And this is how simple it is to hear his word and believe him results in the eternal sabbath doesn't it essentially that's what he's driving at that the sabbath is in him and it's life in him and i love that it's it's so um well present past tense like (laughs) anyone who believes him who sent me has eternal life and has crossed over from death to life this isn't like in the future you might or in the future you will it's no no it's it's happened it's Mm. it has like is it past or is it present (laughs) well there's a present tense like you believe now but the past tense the certainty of like it is given to you so there's a yeah both so this yeah both yeah good good (laughs) grammatical analysis there Sarah (laughs) (laughs) I think and I think that is exactly it that this is the eternal sabbath that Jesus is describing through himself and that's what makes the the kind of sabbath-based opposition all the more sad and fruitless because they're pursuing something which Jesus himself has brought the ultimate end to like the ultimate picture of resting in him and they as they don't accept him are actually running in the opposite direction towards judgment aren't they and death and and I I imagine they're they're saying to all the you know their people oh you gotta you gotta keep the sabbath you gotta keep these laws you gotta do this that and the other because that is the way we're gonna have life Mm. that's what god says he's going to reward these things and then they've got life through jesus right there in front of them and it's just not happening and that's it's challenging to us isn't it i think because they are or at least it starts off through obedience and yeah there is there is a heart there of them wanting to obey isn't there mm. um but actually in their in their obedience they're obscuring the view of the very thing, the very heart of the object of their obedience, aren't they? Yeah. Which and is, as and as yeah. Jesus says that if you're failing to listen to the Son, that means you're not honouring the Father. So you, however much you want to honour God by obeying, you you're not. If you're not, if you're missing the Son, you're missing the Father as well. Like you're not. You're way off the mark here. You're not even yeah. way off the mark. You're right in the other direction, aren't you? Yeah, yeah. Like which is really challenging, isn't it? Because the, the idea that the thing which you're doing like the obedient acts that seem to be of God, you know, religion in whatever, whatever Mm -hmm. that looks like for us and for them, whatever that in itself can be the thing that obscures Jesus. Like, because it's, it's so surprisingly simple, isn't it? To hear and believe Jesus. And they're basically saying it can't be that simple. Like it isn't that simple. There's more to this than just this man standing before us. And I think I wonder whether that's one of the challenges on our heart is actually like, 
what what things do we put in the way of people hearing and believing in this in this simple way mm. like is it the culture of our churches is it like is it you know it's just periphery things that actually just get in the way of people hearing because I don't know do you know what I mean in that I'm not really explaining that very well no I think that's right that we can um elevate things to the to the extent that they get in the way of running after Jesus. And I think then that also just raises a question for us as to like, are we resting in Jesus mm. as actually he is the eternal Sabbath? Like he is it. And we don't need to do anything else other than hear and believe him and his word. And in my heart, I know that I love to have a to-do list and I love to just strive a bit more, be extra dewy. <laughs> That, mm-hmm. that famous word, Dewey. <laughs> <laughs> I, think, I think there's a challenge as well in um, the Pharisees. They see this, this paralytic being healed and they're like, no, that's not anything. That's not, that's not what God would do. Or, or like, th- this yeah. can't be of God. But it is in terms of like, the old, you know, quickly going back to the Old Testament, we get that Isaiah image, don't we? Of the blind, the lame, the paralyzed being healed and this is what's going to come through the anointed, you know, the Lord's anointed king. And you're like, this is it. This is happening. Yeah. You know, as as Jesus kind of interacts with the sin darkened world before him, he's this is it. Mm. Um, and I think, yeah, we just we need to have that same heart that says yes, as paralytic does, don't we? Like we need to, yeah, I don't know what I'm saying now. Just yeah, no, I think yeah. that's right though. Like seeing our hopelessness, seeing that we are more like the paralytic than we look. And yeah. as, as we see that, as we acknowledge that, we love to see Jesus who's holding yeah. out eternal, grace-filled, life-giving rest. And that's huge, isn't it? And as you say, it is a question of the heart in, in that. So what, Sarah, why don't you pray for our hearts that we would respond to Jesus? Yes, I'd love to. Oh, Heavenly Father, we just thank you so much that at the heart of the gospel, it is so incredibly simple that whoever hears your word and believes you and believes Jesus and what he says about you has eternal life and will not be judged, but has crossed over from death to life. Praise you for this extraordinary, extraordinary life-giving gospel that we have that goes from death to life, not life to death. We praise you for that, Lord. And we pray, please, would you... Would you cement this wonderful truth in our hearts today, wherever we're listening, we pray. Um, would you help us to rejoice in this simple and yet beautiful gospel? Would you help us to make much of Jesus as we dwell on these truths, we pray. Amen. Amen. Thanks, Sarah. Thanks, everyone. This I would really recommend spending a bit more time than we've spent. Do you spend more time. <laughs> There's definitely a couple of things there we've we've not touched on and we're sorry about that. I'm yeah, really well. But we'll that. have um, show note questions as ever. Yeah. Things to so, talk about. Yeah, there'll be more. There's more to follow up on this. Uh, we've got to go. Time's run out. See you next time. See you next time. Bye-bye. Bye. Thanks for listening to this episode. It's sponsored by 10ofthose.com. Check them out for great discounted resources that point to Jesus.